What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC 286 pay-per-view going down in London, England this weekend. The trilogy between Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman taking place for the welterweight title. Um, pretty mediocre pay-per-view card, but a lot of interesting matchups. So I'm excited to talk about a lot of these. Been doing a lot of tape this week, and we're coming off a pretty fire a week last week. Um, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Oof, it's the most beautiful, wonderful time of the year. I feel like March Madness and, you know, all these things <clears throat> and the UFC kind of go hitting their stride at the end of the first quarter. It's just like the the first time you're getting like real betting events, you kind of like feel good about um, and, you know, any everything coalescing together. Great. But I told you I've told you a few times traditionally do really well this time of the year. Um, both just all, all around in all sports, NBA, college basketball, you know, um, so carried that's carried over to this year. And uh, yeah, good card last week um, and uh, pay-per-view this week. So, you know, some fights that are more important this week. Um, but last week I was very entertained and and we, we finished the night, uh, we finished the night off on a high note in the Northeast. Uh, do you have anything to say about uh, your doubts uh, about uh the Northeast uh, shoot box jujitsu style. That was something. Yeah. That was something. I, I did not, I did not see that one coming at all. Uh, a complete lights out, shut out most dominant performance ever by Marab over Jan. Um, for a while there, like seven or eight minutes, I was thinking like, wait, Jan's got to turn this around at some point, doesn't he? And then it just n- never happened. And Jan was broken by the time the third round started. 25, 25 minutes is a long time to be fighting someone. And Marab soundly beat him for 25 minutes. This guy did not have one moment, I don't think, in that fight. Who who the hell is going to uh, be, I mean, beat him, though? I mean, honestly, like Rob, Aljo might dude, be. Marab is a problem. Like, yo, how about our boy Matt Frivola tweeting at Dana saying, "Did you saw that shit?" What did he? No, I didn't. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. Well, he says about the not fighting uh, teammates. Yeah, he was like, "Loyalty is worth more than a paycheck or something." Dude, like I that. mean, that it, was dope. I, I just don't understand why. Like, look, they're making bunch of money right now, just beating up all these other guys. So why would they fight? Like, why would they have to fight each other? Like, what? How? I guess they could elevate each other a little bit. Um, but I don't see, I don't see the need to do it, honestly. Um, even if Marab, no offense to him, even if he got the belt, like he's not really a pay-per-view draw, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you know, like he's not even getting pay-per-view points until he would himself have the belt. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what, like, it's not really even that viable. Um, but I have heard all these things. Um, but he's got a lot of matchups. Yeah, he's gonna, fight, he's, oh. he's gonna fight the winner of Cheeto and uh Corey. Maybe not. And then know. the Maybe. winner of uh the winner of Yadong and, and Simone is right up there. Um now Marab, you know. he's gonna be on the sidelines, you know, for for a bit. You won't hear about a fight for him until the summer, uh at the earliest. But I think what's gonna happen is Aljamain is gonna fight Henry Cejudo. I'm not gonna say who I think is gonna win, but you could guess, I'm sure. Um, and then uh he'll fight Sean O'Malley and then he'll move up to 145 see what he wants to do there but it is it is interesting because it's like does aljo actually want to fight consistently on 145 given that he would need to beat volkanovsky most likely which is well, probably um, not gonna happen to fight. o'malley needs to fight again he can't because his win his win now is invalidated by marab beating uh peter that's not what's gonna happen bro <laughs> so who knows Mar- um o'malley's next fight will be for the belt no i don't think so all right we'll see 
But anyway, great card. Um, pro a lot of the props hit. You know, a lot of the money line size. We spoke about that. Martinez versus Saeed fight in length at length. Um, kind of said, hey, we're looking for a pick 'em fight. Again, plus two twenty. Easy way to go. Uh, Volkov. You know, look or not Volkov. Well, Volkov did look good, but ended up not not really betting him. He killed the over. Krilov looked great. Um, it was a great card overall. You know, unfortunately, Rafael Sunsau had to go out on that on that bad note, that sour note. Um, that would have been one of the biggest things for me ever if I would have hit that. And then the Josh Frem uh, bet, probably bet of the year for a lot of people there. That was a crazy, 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 crazy value ROI on that one. Yeah, and we'll see what the line is for the rematch. You know, Sequarius Dumas calling for the rematch. That's right. On on Twitter Listen, this week. If so. Sequarius wants, if that's what he wants to do. I think we could roll up MMA Twitter. Like MMA Twitter needs to get behind this. Maybe we could. Maybe MMA Twitter could make it like their task for, for like their the first fight for that for us to ever really get put together. <laughs> um, you know that one. Just show that Dana, Sean Shelby, all these guys that like we need to see this one again. Just a campaign that would be That's that would be some good fun. Petition like how? What's the biggest petition we could get signed for? Like Sequarius, we got that guy Trevor Peak out of parole or some shit what can we do in terms of this fight we let's see yeah i mean look, look at what happened with the uh the lock situation you know we when we all band together oh God. we're an unstoppable unstoppable yes, force exactly exactly but um yeah great great week for me though plus 5.26 units um martinez friend came through big that over in the williams fight we were both on that only one that sweaty moment one. there but that was obviously the, the right side Oh, the layer um, prey master insane layer prey on that guy yeah and uh that's enough about last week though we got 15 fights so we got to get into these Oof. these sons of bitches so uh first fight um women's flyweight fight veronica macedo now going by veronica hardy married to dan hardy taking on juliana miller uh miller is a huge favorite minus 450 macedo plus 350 so i mean macedo is terrible at all things she's she's like some karate or taekwondo girl who throws these bullshit kicks in the feet and then has just terrible wrestling and gets taken down all the time uh miller wrestles in almost every single fight so to me it seems uh you know uh definite that miller is going to wrestle here here it just seems like a matter of is she going to finish is she going to make it to a decision and i just think that macedo is just so flat on her back uh and she's going to spend a lot of time on her back that miller should have all the opportunities to finish here. So I'll go with Miller by finish. Um, what about you? Uh, I'm going to agree. You know, uh, Juliana Miller has a pretty solid jujitsu background, kind of like a 10th planet, you know, kind of thing going on there, but trains a lot, pretty gritty, pretty mean, uh, you know, has some top game, has some, you know, bottom, bottom submissions as well. So I think she'll probably end up locking up Veronica Macedo, but Macedo for a girl that has been out, three years now she's still only 27 um so maybe she's been doing some training i don't really know not a fight that i you know want to bet on the money line but i did bet a little small bet on um under two and a half at it was like minus 10 a little under minus 110 um so yeah i think there's gonna be grappling so macedo maybe could get a submission but most likely juliana with some ground a pound or uh or like a choke yeah, so you think that's the way to play the under is uh, under two and a half instead of ITD? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of con uh, confused about that, but I guess I would agree. I would think that it it would probably finish by then. I don't. I think if it hasn't come, I know Miller did finish her last fight over two and a half rounds, but uh, I mean, 
that woman's a lot more capable than than Macedo at this point. So I don't think a lot of people about that. I don't one. think people last that long with either of these two. So I think under is good. Yep. Uh, next one, um, lightweight division: Jai Herbert taking on Ludovic Klein. Uh, uh, Klein's the favorite, minus one ninety three. Herbert plus one sixty eight. You're a lifelong fan of Jai Herbert. Any faith in him in this matchup? And I do love me some Jai Herbert. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say I would pay to get another post fight interview. Uh, for Jai Herbert, I'm not, I'm not going that far. But you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing for me to see. But I do have a bet on Ludovic Klein in this fight. It was at minus 155. The market has moved considerably uh, since then. Um, and I just feel, you know, Klein here, southpaw, uh, kickboxer, but has some decent wrestling, you know, some explosive shots, decent timing, you know, at times. But the the thing that he, that I that I think he needs to use here is obviously the kicks, you know, kick to the legs, to the body. Um, I think his left hand and his ability to uh to take the angles uh on Jai Herbert is gonna be able to land uh, help him land both of those and then if he needs to I think he could take Jai Herbert down I feel Jai Herbert is not a great grappler and from my experience I don't think guys like Jai Herbert really improve their grappling all too much all, all too much um he's also like 34 35 he's a he's British right like it's not <laughs> not I'm not trying to go to too many stereotypes but you know he's like a striker boxer guy um you know, coming from the back, you know, coming from over there, he's not really going to get too much better. Um, I feel that if Ludovic can time any takedowns on him, it's going to be easy. And then when you add on top the fact that his chin, he's been, you know, KO'd in a devastating way, you know, a number of times. He, if he, get, and like how he kind of approached his last fight, you know, I just think that Klein could win this fight so many different ways. Leg kicks, you know, hurting him to the body, knocking him out, taking him down, holding him against the Clint against the fence. So for that reason, all those reasons, I am on Ludovic Klein here. Yeah, I agree with everything there. I'm not going to add too much. Um, I will say though, I think the market doesn't really know how to price Klein. We've seen him win as a big underdog. We've seen him lose as a big favorite a few times. So I think. Um, the market does kind of bounce all over the place. I mean, he was plus 300 on uh, when Jones was coming in on short notice and he won that fight easily. So um, I, I do tend to agree with the line movement in this one with uh, Klein being closer to 65-ish percent. That seems right. I mean, Herbert, uh, you said not a good grappler. That was kind of generous, bro. He's a he's a bad grappler. He's so. bad. He's bad. Yeah, I think Klein probably that that'll be his objective here. Mix in the clinch, mix in some takedowns and uh, wrestle his way to a decision. Would I think I would be a little surprised to see it end by finish. Um, but I'm very confident right. that these odds are pretty correct. Like, there's no way you could say the Jai Herbert favorite here. Imagine if these guys fought like Cage Warriors for a Cage Warriors lightweight title, which this is what it is. Ludovic Klein would like easily be the favorite. So, yeah, I think Klein by decision plus 225 is good. 225. Um, because it's the same price as his KO. I mean, I know Herbert's fragile, but he's also like a kind of a low tempo fighter. I prefer Ludovic I, knock. Or sorry, I don't didn't mean to interrupt you. I just prefer him to win by knockout, just because I feel like Jai Herbert. Like when you look at him when he gets in that fight, he's moving all over this place. His hands are moving all over the place. Like as soon as he starts getting hit, I feel like he's in a like both these guys fought at London as well last time. Um, so I think they're comfortable over there. I think they're looking. They're, someone's getting finished here. So I, I like the under as well. 
But um, would would you agree that outside of head kicks, Klein doesn't have much like finishing power? Like he, yeah, I guess, you know... yeah, I, I agree. But I feel like uh, this guy is gonna be there to be hit. Like, and I think um, you know, Klein, Klein is six inches shorter, five inches uh shorter in reach. I think that might make it a little difficult to get the head kick up there. So I kind of think that decision is the way to go. Um, enough about that one though. Uh, moving on, women's. Flyweight division, uh, Joanne Calderwood taking on Luana Carolina. Calderwood's the favorite at uh, minus 173. Carolina plus 148. Not a, a fight I really looked into much. Uh, I do think that jo- did Joanne uh, wins the fight. Much more experience at the higher level. And she's pretty consistent to just pump out a lot of strikes. I mean, she's had multiple fights where she's landed over 100 strikes. And, uh, you know, Carolina's pretty bad everywhere. But, I mean, both of these women are 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 not reliable women i actually think that if there's any uh bet i would have to make a bet on in this fight it would be for the fight to end by finish at plus 240 just because i think both these women have been finished in like stupid ways multiple times both of them have been submitted or you know just finished in in unexplicable ways uh, a few times so i think that that could possibly happen here so interesting what do you think i think it's any any real read here i think it's inexplicable it is, yeah, but it I is. could barely say it either uh, as well. So no shame in that. Um, we're talking about what fight are we talking about here? <laughs> Calderwood, ah, and, Calderwood uh, versus and Carolina. Luana Carolina. You know, so I guess they like Luana Carolina over in the UK. She's back again after you know she got her jaw smashed. Um, I will not. I think she. I think the Cachoeira fight was in London too, like back in the day. Really? Oh, <laughs> that was a fire fight. That fight was great. Dude, Cachoeira was eating some shots. Apparently. Oh, no, it was in Brazil. Man. Oh, yeah, that was a banger. And Cachoeira was, was eating some shots back then. You know, not much has changed other than her picking up. You know, she she's she, she's like ranked or something. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a bet with one of my friends about uh, this fight, uh, Victor Altamirano to be ranked uh, in, in, during his UFC career. But unfortunately, my friend died and he, he didn't get to see the day. Um, but I was in a rubbing in his face, you know, so bad. I think I'm gonna try to email his family though. Anyway, what a fascinating, uh, yeah, fascinating tidbit. <laughs> but what? To, for, wait, e- email the family to what to get them to pay out the bill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the only I'll just the only thing I'll add is I'll put in here is um, I know some guys that bet um, uh, Joanna like minus one fifty, one forty five. But at this price now, where it's like kind of like you know bouncing along, it looks a little trappy to me, and I don't like Joanne Calderwood, so I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I mean she's old as shit. She's one in four in her last five. Spike she's is, a bad let, a bad grappler. She's on. married to her coach. Yeah, let's move on. Um, next fight, flyweight division. Uh, Jake Hadley taking on. Um, Malcolm Gordon, Hadley minus 400, Gordon plus 300. Any thoughts here? Um, Jake Hadley, I like some of the stuff Jake Hadley does. Jake Hadley's just a weird guy. There's something wrong with him, something off with, with the guy. You could, you could tell. You could see in his eyes. You look at him and talking in these interviews, and you can see there's something weird with the guy. But when he is on point, he like I like some of the stuff that I see with the grappling, he's fought five rounds before. He's got he's a great grappler, fantastic grappler. Um, you know, and I think Luke Shanks and Gre- and Cage War, he could completely grapple fuck this guy. Um, 
And uh, even, you know, Mitch Raposo, when he gets him to the ground, the guy's really good with the grappling. Um, but just a weird guy. I don't like betting on weird guys. So I avoid guys like Jake Hadley. Um, I think here against a guy like Malcolm, the difference is Malcolm Horn, he comes in kind of intense. You know what I mean? Sometimes. But then he just wilts and folds. But Jake Hadley, he's the kind of guy, he's a little bit more passive unless he knows he's the big dog. Um, but he's weird. So I pass as well again. No other thoughts. This 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 is a trash fight. This fight sucks. Yeah, definitely a weird one. Um, why do they have Ma- kinda... Malcolm Gordon, bro? I'm telling you, I could find Sean Shelby or Mick Maynard six better 125 or 135 ers than these two guys. What are they doing? I don't know. Yeah, also because Candelario is better than Gordon, and you you should be moving. I guess they're just trying to build Hadley. They they realize they pushed Hadley a little too quick with Nascimento, and now they're trying to make sure he gets some some wins under his belt. And uh, he should definitely get the win here. Um, if he were smart, he would honestly just keep the fight standing because Gordon is a bad striker and he's really fragile. And, and Gordon actually does fairly well when being grappled like he's pretty used to being grappled you saw him hold his own against Mokaev. you saw him turn the tide against figurado um he finished uh that that fraud bondar with that uh, nasty wizard he literally wizard uh bondar and just broke his fucking arm um so uh i would say hadley uh probably just outstrikes him and uh i don't know probably knocks him out at some point man i mean gordon is so fragile what is hadley ko here Plus one seventy, not a good price, and plus he could he could always hurt him and then submit him as well. So tough fight to bet. I don't see much of an angle. Hadley ITD is juiced to the shit. Mine, uh, sixty five percent. That's not Can't fair. That, that KO price is not fair, bro. It's not cool. Well, Let's hope. You think that we should be getting better? Yeah, of course, but hopefully when FanDuel or DraftKings opens, maybe we get a two twenty. Maybe that'll be a good one. Because I feel like. Let's move on. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be KO. So, on honestly, under one and a half. I mean, I, dude, Hadley's strikes look pretty fierce against Candelaria, did they not? I mean, pretty high, high remember, volume, dude, high. I barely uh, remember that. I mean, I, high octane fight. That's not a kind of fight that I did not care about this one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Hadley impressed me there. Um. Next fight. Uh, now we're getting into the good ones. I, I, those first four fights. Uh, one more fight. And the Mokai fight I don't care about. But pretty much all the rest of these fights I've got some takes on. So we're getting into them here. We're getting into them hot in the middleweight division. Chris Leroy Duncan taking on Dushko Todorovich. Middleweight division here. Um, we got Duncan minus 220. Dushko plus 185. Um, I think it's I think it's my turn to start this one off. Um, so I did a lot of tape on this one. You know, uh, Duncan's the type of fighter where he's uh, mostly like, uh, honestly, he's like Raymond Daniels. If you guys know who that is, Whoa. he has like some Whoa. sort of, Whoa. no, that's an, that's an exact comparison. Bro. Listen, he's, um, he has like, definitely comes from some sort of Taekwondo kickboxing karate background because he throws majority kicks, uh, a lot of spinning back kicks, side kicks. This guy definitely has pretty fast kicks, but he doesn't throw many punches. Um, so also throws a lot of elbows too. I, I kind of like that about him. 
but he's not a good grappler. We've seen him in cage warriors fight for like an hour. And for 20 minutes of that hour, he is being taken down, pushed against the cage, grinded against the cage, uh, gets taken down and held down. And we've seen him lose multiple rounds to multiple different fighters being, uh, being taken down. Um, uh, specifically, Will Curry outgrappled him for eight minutes. McClurkin uh, outgrappled him for a round. Milan outgrappled him for a round. Um, but he won all those fights too. So, um, you know, I don't think that I don't think the guy is a complete bum. Uh, I think he's a good athlete and he's dangerous on the feet. He has a lot of weaknesses, mostly in the grappling area, but um, he also is comfortable battling back from adversity and getting that knockout win after uh, being grappled. I kind of compare him to. Uh, Armin Petrosian, who is a guy who all his opponents have tried to grapple him because he's a dangerous kickboxer and he temporarily gets uh, grappled for periods of time and then he separates and knocks the guys out. Um, That's not really a a good strategy to win fights uh, at the higher level, Um, but Dushko is kind of at that level where it might still work because Dushko... um, He's not a good striker. He's not particularly durable. He, his defense is pretty bad, uh, but that's mostly to punchers as well. So, um, I mean, I think it's not like you can really you can really rely on Duncan to head kick this guy. You know, he doesn't throw punches. So unless he he's going to have to head kick or body kick uh, spinning kick Dushko to really hurt him, I think. Um I guess an elbow could happen in the clinch too, kind of like Chidi got him with. But but Dushko's mo is clear here. He's going to be looking to grapple. He's going to be looking to to push the fight into the clinch, get the fight uh, in close range instead of at distance. And I think that's why he's the value side because he's going to achieve or attempt the right game plan, which is going to be to grapple, to clinch, and to grind Duncan out. Am I positive that he gets that done enough to win? No, not at all. So I think you should. Uh, Dusk goes to side here. He's worth a bet. Wouldn't go crazy. I think I'll be on him for a unit. And um, I, I just think that uh, he definitely can grind his way to a decision here, but he also could um, win portions of the fight in grappling, look like a great bet, look like he's doing really well. And then all of a sudden Duncan separates and then hits him with one shot and, and it's all over. So I think a, Duncan needs a lot, a lot less to go right for him in this fight. Uh, he could lose the majority of the fight and still win. While I can't say the same about Dushko. Dushko is really going to have to put on a, a good, 15 minute performance here and 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 take this one over um so i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one what did you think of duncan on tape and do you think dushko is the guy to uh, to do it yeah so this is an interesting fight honestly um you know it's in the the best division you know low, people will say 135 150 no baloney 185 best division in the ufc middleweight yep and we got I tweeted about it today and we got a great yeah. we got a great you know european contender fight right here going on guys you got to see how this matchmaking happens this is a glorified cage warriors middleweight championship which is a regional european have you uh uh you know championship thing so they're fighting in there you know they'll move their way up and eventually you know one of them has to fight uh, up up more up on the card we got the number one contender european fight we got marvin vittori versus roman delize that's the number one contender fight for the europeans so eventually maybe you'll see duncan up there or maybe dusko probably not dusko but, um, yeah, I mean, about this fight, Duncan, he's an interesting guy because you can see that, like, he know, he he's working some of the grappling. He has, like, that striking background, like you said. So he, he knows how to counter grapple. He knows how to do some of these things. But on the offensive side, like, 
he definitely has some holes in his game. I will, I will rate him, if I was to rate him, maybe like a three straight blue belt is what I will give him on his belt if I had to. Um, which is, you know, th that's how a lot of, it's like a lot like Lerone Murphy as well. He kind of, kind of has that kind of grappling where like he'll, he'll counter, he'll get on top, he'll, he'll start throwing elbows on you if you can. But on the bottom, you can see he's trash with the wrestling. You can see he's non-traditional. He'll look to athlete, you know, his way out of a lot of positions. I think he caught uh, Will Curry by surprise a few times in the first fight. And then Will Curry felt froggy. He was like, let's do it again. And then the same shit happened. In the second fight, it was like, you know, a Taylor, you know, the same fight, except it was like a finish in one of them, uh, I believe, if I remember right. But, you know, here I think that does go, like you said, I think in the clinch, I think he is he is more savvy. He is more native, you know, in those positions. You saw against Shitty, like he does a lot of the right things. He's, you know, kind of looking to ride up on, you know, on the body after he gets these takedowns. He's looking to, you know, take post away. He's looking to wrist ride. He's looking to stay on the hips. He's looking to tie up legs and i think he might be able to do that here against duncan duncan does look like a plus athlete to me though so i think a lot of his fights i think he's a very projectable guy uh in terms of where he's at now but there's a lot of ways that he could go you know from here as well um i personally like dusko here as a bet i did bet him at plus 180 you know i'll be adding some action on him at you know uh if the price goes up as well um and i just think that you know at range like you said i think you know even though dusko i wouldn't describe him as a great striker he also has like one of those like you know taekwondo karate backgrounds so he has decent kicks himself i don't think he, that's gonna be a you know a shock to him blocking kicks getting away from him and then you know he will throw some some hands as well he's just a little easy to get hit you know on the counter if you're quick which i think could be a problem for him here but i think that uh yes it should be a good fight it should be very competitive um and you know i think it's a great bet to to go with dusko here if this fight was in cage warriors I talk it would be easy easy bet plus 180 on dusko i mean jesse taylor was like plus 400 <laughs> That's the theme of the card yeah dude i mean i'm just saying like if you have this fight under a different banner yeah, and you always got to remember, guys, the betting tip for, for people that are investing time in this podcast. The Brits, bro, always bet on these British guys, and their lines are always inflated. Like, it, like no fail. Like, does not fail. Full stop. But also, the UFC does do a pretty good job matchmaking these British fighters to give them wins in their hometown. Yeah, but um, look at Mike Grundy a few what, years ago or a year ago, bro. People were just betting Mike Grundy against fucking... Aquan, that was, that was, a bad that was the that's British true. people. That's true. That's the only people that it was, dude. He fucking sucked. Um, you see how much the CEO of Bet365 made last year? She made like $100 million. A woman? Yeah, she's a woman, bro. She's like the, she might be the highest paid. She's like one of the highest paid executives in the world. And that's because her. Um, I could talk about that her, fight for like. Her, her stomping grounds where she gets all her honey from is the Brits. I could talk about that fight for at least 10 more minutes, but the last point I'll make is that Duncan has been pro for two and a half years. Keep that in mind. This goes um, like four so, times, three times, two times the fights of his as well. Yeah, but in his career is almost three times as long. He um, had a lot of amateur. Fights. Anyway, another, another, another good fight. Really good fight here. Featherweight division, Leron Murphy taking on Gabriel Santos. Santos coming into the UFC very short notice. Eight days notice to be exact. Leron Murphy plus, minus 183 plus 158 for Santos. Kind of the opposite script of Murphy's debut. If you remember, Murphy, I believe, took the uh, the Zubaira fight on short notice, flew into Russia, 
Uh, actually, no, that was in Abu Dhabi, still enemy territory, and took on uh, an established guy in his debut. And now Santo is doing the same thing, flying into England, taking on the hometown fighter. It's your turn to start this one off, so I'll, I'll yeah. let you give your I'm going to start being one. a little quicker. That last one, I, I went a little too long on those. But, yo, you know, looking at this fight, interesting fight. Two guys, both of them are southpaws. You know, Santos, I liked what I saw a little bit from him. You know, he he's patient enough when he has to be, um, but he also goes rabies um, when given the opportunity. Um, you know, he, he fought a lot of legit guys. You know, the last, like, two or three opponents of his were definitely, or four or five opponents, actually, were uh, were really good guys. Um, you know, the, the Delano fight I thought was particularly impressive because I think that he did show some of that patience, you know, even coming in there as the underdog, um, you know, he, he kind of like picked away out of uh, Delano, found his opportunities as he, as he went along. Um, and I kind of like a lot of, a lot of the things that I see from him, 26 years old, you know, um, I think pretty well-rounded. I, I would say his grappling, you know, his takedowns aren't amazing, but they're not also not bad either. I think, you know, when he when he uh, wrestles with, uh, you know, with timing in mind before, you know, he goes for the takedowns, I do think that uh, th that his takedowns are solid. Um, his cardio looked has looked pretty good. He got dropped in that Barboza fight and came back and finished that guy fucking immediately in the second round. But, you know, I, I do think that here against a guy like Leroy Murphy, he's going to have to have, you know, early success, I feel. Because Leroy Murphy, he's he gives me, like, Neil Magny vibes. He's, like, the kind of guy where, you know, he kind of comes in the UFC. A lot, a lot of these British guys as well, like Michael Bisbing almost as well, they come into UFC. They're kind of, like, well-rounded all around. Like, you could kind of see while the UFC sees, like, some p potential in them, right? They're, they're kind of maybe athletic a little bit. But you can see that they're very green in the in the, in the the grappling, especially, right? They fucking suck over there at grappling. Um, and, like, the two Huga fight, really bad reactions to some of the grappling. Then he kind of comes back against Ramos and finishes him from the top position with ground and pound. You know, I think that uh, Douglas, you know, took him down maybe, or I don't know if they spent too much time on the ground, but Makwan was all over him. And even in that fight, Douglas, yeah, he was on the ground there. But even in the Makwan fight, that was uh, two years uh, after the Tehuga fight, and he still looked kind of trash on the ground. So I'll tell you, I was going to be pretty big on Nathaniel Wood, no matter the price. Well, I'm not saying no matter the price, but at the price that I think it was going to come at against Leroy Murphy, that's one that I had circled on my fridge. Um, and against Santos, I kind of want to do it as well. But you know what I kind of like here more? I kind of like the under. Because I feel like Santos, he, he's going to kind of come out of the gates, I think, pretty 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 solid. And I think that uh, Leroy Murphy will not give a lot of ground. So I think what will happen is either Santos will have a lot of success and he'll pick up a finish or you know his way towards the later finish or leona murphy will take whatever this guy's got to give and be able to finish him so i was eyeing this plus 130 on the under two and a half here um the side i'd probably lean maybe slightly santos but i think i prefer the under yeah, I think the only problem with the under though is Murphy. He just doesn't throw many strikes. He he throws so many feints, and he he does all this feinting, and then he doesn't really build on it that much. And another uh, bad thing about that uh, under possibly is he was chopping the legs of uh, Deion Drodge really well. I mean, really sitting down on his leg kicks and butchering his legs. And in round two, you saw Andrade like limp from these leg kicks. And then round three, Murphy just is doing nothing. He is the one actually getting hit with punches. And 
you know, was getting outstruck by Andrade that round. So it's like he's doing all this attritional work with the legs, and then he's not really building upon it. So I just don't think Murphy's a natural finisher. Um, so I, I could see – I think it's going to be a pretty high-tempo fight because Santos brings the pressure. Um, he He – comes forward pretty much on the feet uh, when he's striking. If he's not looking to strike, he's looking to grapple as well. And I think he has a grappling path here. I don't think he is some phenomenal grappler, but I think that we've seen him hit takedowns enough uh, to know that it's a pretty standard part of his repertoire and that he can definitely go to it here if he needs to. You know, I don't think um, the guys who have taken Murphy down, like Andrade, like um, Ramos or, or like uh, Maquan or anything, you know, exceptional wrestling wrestling wise. So I think Santos is definitely capable of getting the fight to the floor and on the feet, man. I just think that it could be, uh, you know, Santos's pressure and higher intensity winning him these striking exchanges. I mean, he's a south, uh, a sharp southpaw striker as well. Really fast left hand. I definitely acknowledge that the striking exchanges will be close here. Um, you know, Murphy has the potential to win the striking, but I just think that Santos has uh, a lot more clear upside here. I think if anyone is really putting a stamp on this fight, it'll actually be Santos surprising people on short notice, putting up a good fight. This guy's been ready, man. I mean, uh, LFA uh, championship title fights are probably the the best thing you could possibly do coming into the UFC. Like, uh, if you're fighting in five round fights in LFA, you're a legit fighter, and you know I think you're pr- pretty promising. What do you LFA Brazil's no joke. Yeah. Um, and you know, he looked sharp in that Delano fight, man, just kept turning up the pressure as the fight went on. Like you mentioned, he got dropped in that one fight and was able to battle back. So it seems like Santos has really good cardio. Um, you know, the only way I can see where that us being dead wrong in this one is that if Santos is just not in shape because of the short notice. Um, so I think this line should be probably closer to like minus one thirty, one fifty for, for Murphy. Uh, so I think there's a, a good amount of value on Santos. I'll be on him for about a unit. Sick. And uh, that's going to take us to the next fight. Uh, one of the le- le- least interesting prelims, I think, is uh, Flyweight Division. Mokaya versus Philo. Philo making his UFC debut, coming off a nasty knockout in the Contender Series. Mokaya, minus 800. Philo, plus 550. So Philo is a uh, a Nova Uniao fighter. Um, that's always a good sign. You know, one of the best gyms of all time. Um, and he, lo- he looks you know, solid, but it, I don't know if it is really going to matter in this fight because, um, you know, if you're fighting Mokayev, you either, you probably have to knock him out on the feet before he can start grappling you because this guy is just a relentless, you know, wrestler, relentless grinder, and he can just shoot takedowns for the whole 15 minutes and just ride your back, grind you out. Not a really exciting style of fighting. I I think that uh, a guy like Tatsuru Taira is a much more exciting grappler who who makes shit happen after his takedowns. Mukayev, man, he shoots these takedowns and just like nothing happens after, man. You saw him versus uh, fucking Malcolm Gordon. He was getting reversed and losing position there. He couldn't establish any positions on Charles Johnson. So, I mean, I, he's going to win a lot of fights. Uh, he's got the style to do it in, in risk-adverse fashion, but it's not really exciting. And in terms of Philo, I mean, there's not much footage of an offensive grappling. There's a fight way back in 2015, him fighting Bruno Correa, where he gets taken down multiple times, gives up his back a few times, gets his back taken. So that makes me think that his chances, you know, aren't good. I know it was a really, really long time ago, guys, but there's just not much footage of this guy defending takedowns since then. So, I mean, 
I don't think Filo really has a chance. He, he's knockout or bust, right? I mean, there's no way he's winning rounds uh, over Mokaev or submitting them. So he, he's going to have to win by knockout. So if you have any faith in the guy at all, just take his uh, his KO is his KO is 16 to one. I mean, that's a lot better than money line. So if you're feeling like like betting against uh, uh, Mokaev, then just take his KO. Um, any angles here? Tough. Yeah. So I do know one guy who you re- you don't know you respect. You don't know that this guy has this opinion. You respect. He says he thinks that Philo is live, and I see some good skills from the guy. Don't get me wrong. You know he's fought some good competition, like you mentioned. Has some kind of killer instinct as well. Comes from a good camp. Brazil versus Russia, right? We always like these matchups. These, you know, the Brazilians take these matchups very seriously. Um, technically, he's a, a British whatever, citizen, dude. I think. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I kind of liked maybe looking at over one and a half here. Right, you just heard Martian go on his rant about Mokayev's style. The guy's boring. Um, he'll look to consolidate position over anything else. You know, if you are looking to get up from him, under him, and I think Filo, uh, he's not like a lay on my back Brazilian uh, as much. I think, I think, like I think he will, you know, look like the Novo Unyao style, right? Like look, you know, looking to get up, looking to kind of cause scrambles if 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 he has to. So. I don't. I think you might be able to get a good price on a one and a half if that when that pops. Not if, but when. So I'll look at that. Minus one sixty on DK. Okay, that's not. I was hoping maybe a little less, but that's not bad. That's not. That's a pretty good way to play the fight. I I, I think it should go over. But also, I mean, there's just. Have you seen anything of Filao defending? I think he's counts? better like, than we, you know. Porter. Yeah, I mean that's true, but you know, like I was saying, Gordon's been there before with grappling. You know, he's this guy's Brazilian, bro. Um, the the yeah, but the range, you know, what I'm talking about, the range of how good Philo could be can anything could be from anywhere from you know terrible it's to really not really good. bad. I mean, there's a huge he's range. definitely not bad. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, good seems to have good striking. Comes from a good camp. Um. Oh, and he had one fight where his jujitsu looked really good. Which fight was that? He choked a guy oh, out. Uh, he's solid. Um, Silva, so his second most recent fight. His jujitsu looked really Tell good. Tell you, he's solid. Um, there, it's a shame there's not these fights aren't available. I was trying to find these fights. I was trying to find his Salvador fight, but you know. Oh, Shooter I think Brazil I might have that one. I think him. I might have that one for you. I'll send it to you. I don't know, bro. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised oh, if you I'll had let that you one. Know. Um, moving on next fight on the prelims, um, got about, uh, about 12 more prelims left before we get to the main card here, guys. Um, lightweight division, Sam Patterson taking on Yamal, Yanal Ashmas, two guys making their UFC debut Peterson minus two, or excuse me, Patterson minus two seventy Ashmas plus two thirty. Can Your you do this? Can this you start off. this one? All right. All right. So, um, Patterson, um, he looks like a decent striker to me. He's patient. He's not one of these, you know, you know, contender series bums who just swing shots, finishes some guy, and that's it. You can see that he has some some method to his striking. You know, fights behind a jab, um, and he's extremely tall and lanky for the weight class too. Uh, I think at some point he's gonna get chinned, but uh, you know, Yanal being you know a short guy with short arms, uh, I don't think he's gonna provide much striking threat. I mean, I, I mean. Patterson's going to be what six inches taller than him. I mean, uh, it's going to be hard for you, you know, to find the chin of Patterson here. 
But uh, that makes me think that Yanal is going to be looking to grapple. I mean, you've seen if you, I was watching uh, Yanal's fights and over fight to fight, I'm seeing him grapple a little bit more and kind of growing confidence in his grappling because I think the guy is a, a solid grappler. Um, but he's not like a guaranteed reliable fighter to go for the takedowns here. It's not like he has a track record of consistently wrestling. So you would think that he would realize that his path is grappling here. Uh, Patterson has had a good amount of tape out there with him getting taken down uh, and being put in bad positions grappling. I don't think the guy's a bad grappler. He does have a good submission game. But in terms of his wrestling, I think that, you know, he's definitely going to get exploited at some point. Not sure Yanal is the guy to do that, but I definitely think it is dog or pass. I think that, um, you know, there's no way you could be laying the juice on Patterson in this spot. Um, you know, over two to one on a debuting fighter. I mean, that's just something I think is almost never a good idea. Uh, so, uh yeah, I mean, I think uh, Yanal is definitely on a, a lot of good dope here as well. So don't don't count this guy's chances out. Uh, I think that he actually could surprise some people and grapple his way to a win here. So I, I think it's dog or pass. Maybe a small bet on Oshpaz for me. I disagree. I will. Yanal, uh, I do not believe believe he will be winning this fight. Um, you know, I like Sam Patterson. You know, people hate on Sam Patterson. You know, I think it's the look. Is it maybe the look? Like, it's actually kind of ironic and funny that he's got like that long giraffe neck and shit like that, but he's so good with the guillotines. So it's almost like I don't know if it was innate or if it was maybe, you know, nature where fucking, you know, people choking this motherfucker out. He's like, God damn, I got to learn that stuff. And then, you know, he starts doing it on people. But he's got a good front guillotine game. Goes for it a lot, knows the mechanics of it, loves seeing that. Um, he kind of knows how, to, and he has a mix, a variation of the choke in a few different ways. And then overall grappling, I don't think his grappling's bad. He's fought way better competition than this Yanal guy has fought or him, you know, in addition. You know, he had that one fight that was a draw. That fight, that that other guy was a pretty good grappler. Do you watch that one? You, t- you checked that one out, right? It was like... You're going to no, see like, the didn't. Indian one. one. The guy was like an Indian, I think, or Arab. Whatever. That guy was a good grappler. And uh, Patterson beats the shit out of him in the third round and gets a 10-8, I believe, is what ended up happening. And it was a draw. But um, he's faced some adversity before. Even that, that contender fight, I think I thought that um, it was interesting where he got hit with a few punches, came back, finished that guy. Um, but he's good. He's solid, man. He's got good submissions from every, everywhere. I think he's got good cardio. Um, and I think he's going to finish this guy, you know, so I think it's going to be by submission. Um, but I, I wouldn't blame anybody just playing the ITD number. Um, but yeah, I think it's solid, bet. um, I think he's going to finish this guy and I think he's going to get number, a number of UFC wins. Good. It's good. I'm glad we're disagreeing on some stuff here. Uh, next fight. Lightweight division, Chris Duncan, Omar Morales, very closely lined fight. Closest line fight on the entire card. Kind of pick em fight going back and forth here now. Duncan's slight favorite, minus 117. Morales, minus 103. Uh, I know you're interested in this one. What are your this thoughts? Fight. It was an interesting fight. I, you know, right when it kind of first got announced, you know, I was interested in it because I'll tell you right away, I just, I've been low on Omar Morales his whole UFC career. I've not liked him. I've tried to fade him and I got him the last two times. Big. Got him big against uh, Jonathan Pierce, and uh, as well against Medich. And now you're seeing this line ping-pong around, right? You got a, a few guys that a lot of people are saying that they love Omar Morales. Love him, love him, love him. But I just don't understand why. Like, Omar, he, you know, his his last, he just got brutally knocked out in his last fight, right? Not brutally, but he got knocked out in his last fight. You somehow said that 
you thought that he won that round, the first round, which he obviously clearly did not. I don't care what the judges, you know, uh, judged, um, but he didn't win that round. Um, and, you know, when you go to grappling on him, I just feel it's very easy. To say, he reminds me of Johan Lioness, where he's more fluid on the feet, no doubt about it. More fluid on the feet, kind of moves well, you know, here and there. But when you start mixing it, you know, you can easily, I, th- I feel, outmaneuver Omar Morales. Look at his opposition. The only 155er he's beat, uh, Daung Ma. And that was three, four years ago, man. And, right, a lot of his fights are against 145ers, right? Gabriel Benitez, Giga, Giga, Shane Young. You know, Jonathan Pierce, he got dominated against Giga. You're just too slow at 145. And then even the Shane Young or Gabriel Benitez fights, if you actually look back and watch those fights, they were not dominant performances. This guy is not, I don't think, UFC level. I don't think his training situation is very good. Now, let me go to the Chris Duncan side, just because I don't want to disparage Omar Morales too much. You know, he he he's worked, you know, uh, to get, get there all right. Like, he has some skills. Don't get me wrong. He can win this fight. But Duncan, let's go to him. Solid, uh, you know, grappling. I feel people say that his grappling's, you know, not good enough to implement on the UFC level. I disagree. I think he's got the skills. It just hasn't uh, gotten put together. He's still a young fighter. Only has 10, 10 uh, total fights. Ninety three guy, uh, as well. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Moved to the ATT. Ten week camp. Omar Morales in on four week notice. Uh, this guy was already gonna fight Figlick. Um, here, home t- like home country fight for Chris Duncan here. Now, in the striking, yeah, Chris Duncan's a little stiff. He's a little plotty overall. Um, but I don't feel that it's hard to hit Omar Morales. I feel that Omar Morales is a, a, a overrated hitter, right? If you look at his career, he actually has two knockouts, I believe, right? One of them was a corner stoppage, and then the other one it was like against a cab driver, um, because he b- elbowed him in the back of the head, which he originally got DQ'd. DQ for uh result overturned, right? So he doesn't actually have uh, crazy power. And Chris Duncan shown uh crazy resilience. Duffy has a better cardio here, better grappler. I think he can hurt Omar Morales just as much as he can, you know, be hurt himself. And Omar's almost 38 years old. You know, I just don't see why you'd want to bet this guy at juice. Um, and I think the market is agreeing with me here. Um, and I think that Duncan will continue to go to the favorite. A lot of jumbled up thoughts, but I just don't like Omar Morales as a fighter. Like, he has not shown to me any plus skills overall. And I feel Duncan will implement the correct strategy, more like the Jonathan Pierce fight, uh, and finish Omar Morales. But but he, he doesn't wrestle in any of his fights, Whoa. though. He will wrestle like, in this fight, Martian. He does. Do you I wanna... don't think so, bro. Let's... Just because just he Martian, Martian, with, Martian, with Martian. Right. You don't think he will? I think he will. That's it. But then I just don't think there's much footage. Right. Of we're this trying guy to project. We're trying to project as a path. You think that he was gonna do you yeah. think he was in a strike with Charlie Campbell for fifteen minutes? You think that was I don't know, bro. It looked like he had no game plan in that fight, bro. The Slava fight. Did he not well, here's did he a, not start here... taking the guy down? After he got pieced up a little it's bit. It's a yeah. 15 minute fight, guys. Like, I don't, this is the thing that I don't understand. Like, the fight is playing out. There's multiple rounds of the fight, right? Like, okay, if Omar Morales doesn't get taken down in the first round, like against JSP or whatever it is, or he, get, he did get taken down, but they, they got back up. 
got dominated in the second round. Over. Same thing happened in the Menace fight. Yeah. He so had a good like in the Menace really fight. He he tried. He was doing okay, and then he got bludgeoned as well. People say like that that this guy's hittable, bro. Omar Morales does not have good defense. He does. He's not good at any aspect of MMA. He just looks like he he like he's doing a lot of stuff, but he's kind of like yeah. A, but neither he's is a Duncan, dancer bro. guy. Neither he's is a Duncan, dancer bro. guy. He he's kind of like a but, like a but guy bro, like that. He listen, looks Ozzie, like he's you dangerous. know, you know, he's not really dangerous. You know that Chris Duncan is not good at anything in MMA. Chris Duncan is the he's better. Gra- he's he's a good superior at... grappler in this fight. No, he's not better bro. than he, Omar Morales. Th- you, you, you're sure about that? I don't know. I really yeah. don't think so. I really don't think so. Why? Um, so you should. I mean, you should like lay the hammer on Omar Morales here. I'm betting. I will bet uh, Omar here. But so I, I do agree with what you partially what you're saying about Omar. He's he's never been like a blow you out of the water type guy. There's nothing to really write home about him. But I think he's solid. He is old. He's 37. But but if you look at his career, I mean, he hasn't taken a lot of damage. He hasn't had a tough career. He got into fighting. He only really got serious about fighting. Uh, it looks like really in like 2018, this will be his 19. Last, this will be his last fight. Don't forget, bro. He knocked out the legend Harvey Park. You can't. You, you were talking this about his be, knockouts, and you forgot that Omar's one. Last fight. Um, but so I think that uh, I think on the feet, you know, uh, Omar is just a lot sharper. I think that he's going to be able to counter Duncan. I watched a lot of Duncan striking, and this guy's kicks are are so telegraphed. He's he uh, he just gives his opponents tells that he's throwing kicks. And when he throws punches, he really also uh, loads up on them, and he doesn't really cover distance too well. That's what you saw Charlie Campbell uh, crack him a few times with, uh, Borshev as well. It's like Duncan is at this kicking range. He's a little far away, and he wants to punch you. He just he kind of doesn't set it up, and he ends up getting countered. So I think that's what's going to happen here. He's going to be trying to load up and hit Omar with strikes, but Omar is going to be a little bit quicker to the punch. And... um I think the light kicks of Omar will be there as well. You know, orthodox versus orthodox matchup. Duncan is so heavy on his lead legs. And, you know, Charlie Campbell was hitting this guy with a lot of good shots. If Morales, you know, goes for the kill, gets wild, he he could get caught. I mean, that would be stupid. If he if he hurts Duncan with the strike and he tries to go for the kill, there's a good chance that he could end up the same way. But I think he's going to, you know, be patient here, pick a shots, hit the leg kicks, hit a punch every now and then, and just kind of slowly pick Duncan apart until uh, Duncan doesn't have much left. Um, I will say Duncan is good at, at battling back from adversity. You know, this guy has been, uh, you know, losing fights before and come back multiple times. I think he does have that dog in him. Um, but I just think Omar is a little bit cleaner uh, up until Medich, you know, hitting him with some massive punches. I thought he was th- looking pretty good in that fight. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Medich is just a much tougher, you know, he's a he's a tall, lanky southpaw. He's he's quick. Uh, he's not a bad fighter at all. And I just think this is a, a way different matchup. Uh, same JSP. I mean, relentless, really good grappler. Such a different matchup uh, that, you know, I just think that uh, that Duncan is kind of on the level of the guys that, that Morales has beat instead of the guys he's lost to. So um, I'll be on I'll be on. Um, I'll be on Omar for you, like, you know, one, one and a half units, somewhere in that range. Um, next fight here is the last fight on the prelims. We're finally uh, at the end of the prelims. Jack Shore taking on Makwan Amir Khani. Featherweight division, Jack Shore, massive favorite. Minus 500, Makwan Amir Khani, plus 375. I mean, I guess the money line is is sort of right here. I think it's maybe a little wide. Just considering uh, Makwan, I mean, his last fight was against JSP, who is a much better fighter than Jack Shore. And 
Makwan closed like plus 130 there, something absurd. And now he's four to one against Shore. Um, Shore is coming off a knee injury, right? He got he had a knee injury in last September, just you know, six months ago. He's moving up to 145 here. He's coming off his first loss. He's coming off of getting dropped, uh, maybe for maybe the first time. Um, so I just think there's too many question marks for sure to even be thinking about betting him here or parlaying him here. I mean, I guess he, he's going to eventually win the fight, but I think that he's definitely not going to look like an easy minus 500 doing so. Um, I mean, Makwan, uh, you know, in the, in just straight grappling, I think the guy's, you know, a, a decent, uh, above average grappler. I think that he can hold his own in the grappling for sure. And it seems like a Makwan is not interested at fooling, fooling around at, at range at all. Uh, I think he will go to the grappling. I think these guys will have a competitive round, round and a half of grappling. And eventually sure. will take over on cardio because Makwan does slow down pretty regularly. Um, but Looking at the, the 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 tempo props of this one, they have the the over at one and a half. Um, I don't think that's right, man. I mean, Maquan, bro, he's gone to decision with uh, with Edson Barbosa recently. I mean, like, I know it's a it's a different matchup, but like, I mean, this guy doesn't. He's not an easy out in terms of a finish, you know. Uh, and especially because he's mostly a guy who will be uh, who will be TKO'd. And while sure is more of a guy who subs people with his finishes. So I kind of think that Jack is live to finish him in the second half of the fight, but I, I like the over one and a half here. I think it's, I bet it at minus minus one seventy one point seven 1.7 units. Um, I just think it, it, it's good. I think Maquan is competitive enough to make it over one and a half here. So uh, what about you? Um, a lot of things, uh, things you said make sense. Um, you know, Jack Short being this big air favorite, no makes sense. Um, obviously, we got him bad last time against Ricky. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky choked that some bitch out, broke his broke his will there easily. Um, yeah, in New, New York, York and Long Island, Strong Island. Um, yeah, so you know, Maquan Southpaw here. You know, Jack Short though. I I like Jack Short. I like Jack Short's mind. I think Jack Short would be a hell of a coach. Be a great great academy. That uh, maybe he could open up here in the future, um. Uh, but I do think that Makwa potentially could, you know, be in this fight if he doesn't gas too much. You know, Jack Shore, although he does actually push a decent pace, I feel like you could maybe neutralize it a little bit, and I feel Makwa maybe has the tools to do that. Um, I do have a little bet on that over as well. Um, but other than that, maybe you could play a little stab on Makwa here, you know, to win the fight money line. I do think it's maybe a little bit. A little bit aggressive, um, but otherwise, uh, just over. And like, like I was saying, Makwan probably gets you know finished late here, but the odds are extremely wise to that. You know, the round two for sure, three to one. Round five, uh, three, five to one. Some of the worst prices I've ever seen uh, for a round three prop. And I almost think you're better off just going with decision, short I mean, yeah. decision oh, at three, three twenty-five. Remember, people. Sure, he's not. He don't got that JSP juice. Like JSP, he's from Tennessee. You know that wrestling over there, and just he's a mean motherfucker, right? Like, sure he's not nasty yeah. like that. So, so yeah, Maquan made it over one and a half with with JSP, who's a lot nastier. And then Jack Shore, you know, decision versus Chilean decision. Azure, uh, that bum Aaron Phillips almost made it to. Oh one and God, Marshall, you got to bring these things up, dude. 
And then before that, three round three finishes in a row. So this guy clearly isn't like a, a super fast starter. Um, so He's I just British. think that uh, you know this one goes, this one goes over one and Eat a half more Brits. than not. And like I, I also with him going up in weight, I think like Makwan just might just you know have have a few moments, have some competitive scrambles in round one. I don't think Makwan will get subbed in round one. Um, so done. sounds like we're in agreement there. Uh, main card time. Pretty weak main card, honestly. Um, you know, I'm sure the, the the British fans will enjoy it at you know fucking seven a.m. on a it's Sunday, which is it's I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no. yeah, it is. I think Martian. with the main no, the main no, card just... the the main card starts at ten p.m. Eastern. They're six hours ahead. That means the main card starts at four in the morning there, and the main event will start around seven a.m. You want to fucking fact check that shit, dog? Um, anyway. Um, first fight, middleweight division, best division, uh, Marvin Vittori, Roman Delidze, Vittori, the favorite at minus 270, Delidze plus 230 on the comeback. Uh, interesting one here. I, I'll let you go first. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is a fight here. Like I said, reach, uh, you know, number one European contender fight here. Um, you know, I know some guys that like Marvin Vittori personally, I've never, ever, ever. Marvin Vittori guy. Um, this fight reminds me a lot of that um fight against Andrew uh Andrew Hernandez or Andrew Sanchez, I should say. Um where I was on him, you know, it's a similar price as well. I remember it's like 220, 225, something like that. Um, and Marvin just gas pedaled him. You know, he was just kept him at range and stone these shots. But Marvin's just such a boring fighter. Like Marvin is so ready to PFL. And they should be ready to send him to PFL. Why can't we get a trade going? Let's get a trade. Who could we trade, Martian? Who would you want to come from PFL for Marvin Vittori? Give us Omari back, bro. I want Omari, want Omari back. back. Interesting, interesting acquisition by you. Um, or what about Wilkinson, bro? Nah, they wouldn't. We'd have to come on, Martian. You ever play we'd Madden? Have to give him more. Yeah, we'd have to give him come more. Come on, dude. What are you talking about, Wilkinson? He just won the thing. No, you need you need to go for like a contender guy or someone in the think of like a welterweight. Like what well, one of the welterweights, Sadobusi. You like Sadobu? Oh no, he just won the shit too. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ray, Man, Ray Cooper. Gotta, Ray Cooper. The... Ray Cooper. Get me Ray Cooper, and I'll trade you Marvin. That's a perfect trade. I love that trade. <laughs> love that trade. Ray They're Cooper. not giving that shit. That, that shit don't add Ray up Cooper, on the Madden media. Dana either. White would love Ray Cooper, bro. Dana yeah, White. Yeah, but he but he's so. Ray but uh, Ray Sefo loves him currently. He's exactly. Dog. He's it's a... a perfect trade. Marvin is. He's there to barter it in Extreme Couture. But anyway, let me get no, to this. No, no. That's a perfect trade. Um, Sean. If they rip that shit off, I'm telling you, they they listen to the podcast. Now this fight, yeah. So Marvin, he's just so boring. You know, he 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 he's got pillow fist. He's not really aggressive. Rob, you know, destroyed him last fight. Had him just so hesitant. And that's the thing with Marvin. It's like if if Marvin if uh, Marvin if uh, you have any danger for Marvin, Marvin's completely neutered because he can't get it up and all up in your face in the kitchen um, because he he. Either doesn't want to get hit, maybe doesn't want to get taken down. And Rob did all those things to him. And I think Roman do similar things, but just with more of like, hey, I'm Roman Delize, and I just kind of throw like, you know, clubbing, bludgeoning shots, you know, doesn't matter, like, you know, wide ass hooks, you know, elbows, forearms, you know, knees, and things like that in the striking sense. And in the grappling realm, you know, obviously the guy's a dangerous grappler there. So I just think that his baseline is probably a bit better than this price here. 
you know, his cardio is probably the, 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 the biggest detriment he has here or the, the biggest negative he has compared to Marvin. But I think potentially he, um, you know, maybe he could, you know, slow the fight down with some of his grappling um, and make it a little bit less of an issue. Um, but I'm not really interested in playing this fight too much. But the only way I would look is definitely the Roman side. There's no way I would ever lay this kind of juice on Marvin. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of a, an opinion on a bet here. I mean, obviously, Delidze fights are, you know, uncappable. You cannot predict what's going to happen in these guys' fights. Um, he's nasty on bottom, though. He is nasty with the leg locks, the entries. Uh, he almost gives up top position or bottom position at times just so he could fool around with the legs, which, you know, n nine times out of ten is a terrible idea in MMA. But Delidze seems to be the one guy who makes it work. Interesting here about these uh, the finish props. All four method of victories KO for both guys suffer. Both guys are right around like six to one. So they're they're basically saying that any finish here is uh, you know equally possible. Which I I, I don't know. Definitely I have no. Not. Yeah, I mean Rome uh, Vittori KO. I mean this guy doesn't KO anybody. He is like you said pillow fist. But Dilizze probably you know is live to collapse down the stretch. I, I really don't know, man. I, I I don't have an opinion on the fight. The fight should be entertaining, all. but it's not a good fight to bet. It's just really not. Yeah, it's really not. Like it's not. People that are laying two seventy on Marvin though, man. There's no way you're getting a deal on that, in my opinion. Like I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean I think. Uh... Delidze sub 750 900 on one book bet MGM has a 900 that's the only prop I see like worth a stab man I, I don't know about this one I I, I truthfully do not know also Honestly, you were you, 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 you were wrong about this card the main card starts at five o'clock eastern are you sure yes I'm sure I'm gonna check that shit out. All right, but I, I was wrong about the time difference. It's only four hours, not you're, not. You're just not wrong. Six. You're just wrong all around, bro. You're just wrong all around. I don't know. We'll see about that one. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're right, dude. No, 5 p.m. EDT. Yeah. What the fuck? I did not know that. You thought they were gonna? You thought Kamaru Uzo was in a fight at fucking 3 a.m. local time? Well, I remember. I remember. Uh. uh Gabriel Gonzaga versus, versus no, no, bro. Gabriel Gonzaga versus fucking Mirko Korkov. You remember that, right? Bisping, <laughs> Bisping versus uh, Henderson. That that fight took place at, at regular time, ten p.m. It was tape delay. Um, no, it wasn't. So what? It wasn't on live. Yes, it was. Um, anyway, uh, so I guess I guess Vittori decision is my gun to my head pick here. I don't know, uh, but that that's that's the most likely outcome according hey, to the odds by sure, far. You better so make sure your exactly picks are clear. Multi. You better make sure your picks are clear for your boy. Oh right, you. yeah, that's true. That's true. Shout out, Double. shout out, my boy. Um, anyway, moving on. Next fight, uh, highly anticipated. Do you know uh, Michael Bisping was born in Cyprus? Uh no, Easy. did not. Easy. Um. Jennifer Maya taking on Casey O'Neill, women's flyweight division. The odds for this one, Casey King O'Neill, uh, minus 181, Maya plus 156. Uh, your turn to start this one off. Actually, uh, no, wait. No, you go. It's my turn. Fuck. Um, so Casey, uh, you know, friend of the podcast. She's friends with my boy, Joey Coco. Um, they've got a, a pretty tight relationship. Um, and, you know, that makes this one tough because... 
you know, Casey definitely seems like the more up and coming uh, prospect, the higher upside. Uh, but rewatching her fights, she definitely leaves a lot to be desired. I, that that Roxanne Modafferi fight, just rewatching it. First of all, Casey's strikes look really slow. Um, she's fighting, you know, a, a disabled grandma in there. And she managed to get herself hit a hundred times by that disabled grandma. <laughs> she got taken down. She got taken down two times as well. One judge, guy, don't forget this, guys. <laughs> One judge actually thought that Roxanne won that fight. That was crazy. Um, that was that. That was in Las Vegas. Gave, was that in Las Vegas? No, no, it was in Texas. Because remember, the judge gave it to a. Uh, no, this guy was like a rock. He was a literal rocket scientist, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> they found child porn on his computer oh, since that fight happened. I'm pretty sure. That's the, I'm gonna fact check that one when it's Ozzy's whoa, turn to talk. But whoa. drop his uh, name, too. Drop his name as well. I'm dead ass. I'm dead ass. Um, anyway, um, Jenny Maya though is just the uh, the proverbial spoiler. You know, this woman is always fighting prospects always putting on vet lessons and she's got hands man she got she's got good boxing technique and she's got a little bit of pop in her punches as well um not really easy to take down as well maya she's a she's a sturdy bitch that's a really good way to describe her she's sturdy hey, that's right um that's right and she's she's like the mascot you know, for like jennifer uh vanessa mello and all these other bitches all these pfl bitches they wish they could they're like yo if we got a shape <laughs> We would be Jennifer. She's Maya. basically like a, she's a yeah. She's like a modern like Betch Kuhaya who's like serious about fighting. You know, if Betch like got serious and like slimmed down like some of the her obesity, um, yo, I saw a picture of Betch the other day. Man, she looked huge. Um, in a, in a good Please way, though. In a good way. Please tweet that out. In a, in a good way. Yeah, okay. I'll get you out with the link. Hit me up. Um, so uh, it seems like uh. It seems like a lot of people are thinking O'Neal, you know, volume takedowns versus Maya. I don't know, man. I think Maya is the better technical fighter, much more experienced. Uh, I think a little less question marks as well with her. With uh, She just came off a really solid performance against Morose. O'Neal's coming off of, uh, I believe, ACL surgery, right? Let's see. You know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, debilitating uh, surgery to come back from. You know, she's young, so she definitely can come back from it. But just seeing how slow she looked in that Roxanne fight, seeing how harmless her punches looked, I'm actually a lot less uh, optimistic about her chances here. And I kind of think that Jennifer Maya it will be the side as the dog. Um, you know, and then one, one last thing I'll say is, is that um people are saying on the feet it'll be casey's volume right she throws three times as many strikes uh, a fight i'll point to is a sun sal versus henry going into that fight everyone would have said henry's gonna throw three times as many strikes as him but when a sun sal you know actually starts landing some punches a crafty puncher lands some punches all of a sudden that reliable volume that was in the past fights isn't there anymore and that could happen here people you know Casey is not exactly a lock to just be a juggernaut on the feet, eat punches, and keep coming forward. She could get deterred by Maya's boxing here, which would make it a completely different fight. It would make her a little bit more desperate to grapple. And I'm not really blown away by O'Neill's wrestling either. I mean, look at the women she's wrestled. Uh, Anthony Shevchenko, who put her on bottom. Uh, Procopio, who put her on bottom. Dobson, who briefly had her in mount, as some will say. So, you know... O'Neal is not even like blowing these women out of the water in the grappling Dobson, Prokopio, Shevchenko, and Maya is much, much better than her. So uh, I'm kind of, as, as the week goes on, growing a little bit more confident in, in Maya uh, pulling off the upset here. But um, what are you thinking? Just so we're clear, the Dobson had mounted. That's an inside joke, guys. That did not happen. It's not real. All right. 
people. It was like a butterfly sweep. It <laughs> look. I'll let people like, determine based on their jujitsu knowledge. I'll let them determine what happened there on their own volition. But I'll just let them know that it's an inside joke. I want to spread more rumors <laughs> than than we're all than we're already sprouted by that one individual. All right, who will remain nameless. Um, but let's get into this fight because a lot of the things you say you obviously copy from me from what I told you about this fight. But yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. Like, um, how slow this girl's hands looked against Roxanne, which is her performance that shows her pace in terms of striking the most, right? Um, and the only reason she was fighting a blind person who, like, was her retirement fight. And, you know, yeah, she was able to hit her all that many times. But Roxanne has no power in her striking. And this girl, you could throw all those strikes you want. But if they're ineffective, you know, it all doesn't always go in your favor. It could tire you out. It makes you available to be hit, you know, and all these other things. And obviously, like, every fight is unique. It's a calculation she is making, I assume. That she's like, hey, Roxanne, she's not dangerous. I probably sparred with her before. I know her. I know girls that sparred with her. I know she can't do shit to me. When you see this Brazilian bulldog on the other end sniffing those fucking gloves, you know, like Vanderlei Silva, um, you know, I think that there's going to be a different approach here from Casey O'Neill. So that's where the fight gets interesting to me because I feel like, like you said, her wrestling, not the best. Her ground game, though, is very well suited for MMA. And Jennifer Maya, not so much. You know, she goes for arm bars on, off her back, which, you know, this is women's MMA, so... You know, I don't want to patronize her and tell her how to perform in her own sport <laughs> because of the the guard the armbar from uh from guard is very effective and women's that shit got her a title shot, bro. Exactly what I was <laughs> the armbar from hey. guard got her a title exactly, shot. dude. That's what I was gonna say. It is very effective in women's MMA, and I'm known to pull off an armbar or two in my time as well. Um, so I'm not gonna blame her. But I feel that the top game that we're seeing developed at some of these MMA gyms is just bad to be on bottom now um, if you're not sweep-focused uh, or get-up-focused. Um, but this is going to be an intriguing fight, but I am definitely very much considering a play on Jenny Maya here, maybe here by decision, just because I do think Casey is really, really tough. I think that even if she does get caught with a punch, you know, she'll be able to scramble around. But you know what I was looking at, Martian? I'm not going to lie. Jenny Maya by submission, but I kind of wanted a little more than this 10 to 1, 12 to 1. But I think I'm gonna get involved in this fight from a prop perspective in some way. Um, on the Jenny Maya side, what's her IT? You might as well just do ITD yeah, my, 650. Might as well do the ITD, but I was hoping for a nice fat submission ticket. I did bet a submission ticket further up on the card that we'll get to. That I, you know, I, I took the recommendation, a recommendation from a friend of ours. Yeah, I like I like I like he's I like um he, I'm a fan of Casey O'Neill's, but Jenny Maya glove sniffer su supreme supreme glove sniffer the master um she's gonna give Casey O'Neill tough tests if Casey could beat Jennifer Maya easily, you know, she is the real 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 real. Um, did confirm Judge Rob Alexander who had the fight for uh Roxanne and who had Vandera beating Arlovsky was child <laughs> was charged with aggravated sexual assault of a child and sexual contact uh sexual contact indecency with a child. So hell of a hell of a yeah, Vandera beating Arlovsky? Yeah, same guy had Vandera beating <laughs> Vandera beating Arlovsky and then uh he had uh, Roxanne winning that fight. The same night he was a rock a literal rocket scientist literal aerospace engineer um 
interesting, right? What a what an interesting life path. He's <laughs> you know, judging MMA fights on Saturday nights, doing who knows what with children, and then just on Monday morning going right back to the aerospace industry. Houston, Houston, <laughs> he is a problem. He is a problem. <laughs> Oh fuck! Um, next fight, welterweight division: Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barberina. Uh, Barberina, huge underdog here, plus two eighty. Gunnar Nelson, big favorite, minus three fifty five. Uh, your turn to start this one off. Oh. Kind of a stupid fight here, but what are we thinking? I mean, Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson's a legend. Love this guy, Gunnar Nelson. When I was like doing jujitsu and starting up, I remember uh, he was doing like ADCC, and you, you know, people would say like Gunnar Nelson. He doesn't even train that much, this or that. You know, I remember he was at like a jiu-jitsu tournament and you weren't supposed to do some certain shit. I don't know what happened, but there was a security guard. I heard he got thrown around a little bit. I saw the aftermath and they were like, it was Gunnar Nelson. And I was like, wow. Um, and then I saw him coming to UFC and he, he's just a guy right here, right? They've always said Gunnar Nelson should be at a lighter weight class, right? You've heard that. Martian, right? He should be a lightweight. He should be more active. But man, if you see, like the guy only takes fights to real guys. You know, I think that's the problem. He kind of gets bored. You know, fighting because look, I mean, he's fought like Amadovsky before Amadovsky is a real guy, like Zach Cummings, like even like his fight, like Tumanov, Ponzinibbio, but these other fights, he's only really fought really good guys. Um, and I think the Daniel Rodriguez fight would have been really interesting because you had a you know, uh, you know, stylistic clash there, but against Barbarena, you kind of saw the unfortunate nature of you know how that uh RDA fight ended. That was uh, that was just not cool, I didn't like that. Um, um, and I feel that Gunnar Nelson, actually, jiu-jitsu-wise, is, I'm not going to say better than RDA, but I feel like, you know, um, a, a bigger submission repertoire um, than RDA. But I do think RDA is a little bit more sticky sometimes with the takedowns, you know, and the grappling, the wrestling. So I'm going to be interested to see if Barbrena could get any momentum going at all. I don't think so. I think he's going to get finished here. I think it's going to be, you know, a submission here. Just because Barbarino, he's crazy. He's going to try to escape. He's going to try to get out. But I feel that the amount of threats that Gunner can put down on him is going to get him the submission here. Um, but that's about it. So I bet the over one and a half here, uh, minus 150. I see that. And now, what did you say? I, I, you I, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, so it has it has a lot of things going for it, but something you just alluded to is Barbarina. Um, he does generally not like concede defeat. Like if he's losing, if he's getting stuck on bottom, he's not gonna just lay there and defend like Takashi Sato did. Um, like I bet Gunner ITD there, and you know it was a, a a painful, excruciating bet to watch. But um, you know, obviously, like Sato just knew, hey, I'm losing this fight. I don't want to get submitted, and just devoted all of his energy to doing nothing and not getting submitted. Barbarina, if he's on bottom, he probably is going to try to, you know, recklessly stand up, possibly give himself up for a position. Um, but you know, talking about it from a mathematical perspective, over one and a half, sixty percent. I mean, I think Barbarina finishing the fight under one and a half is extremely unlikely. And, uh, you know, Gunner could submit him early on. But um, Gun so Brian, Brian Barbarina made it over one and a half rounds with Rafael Dos Anjos, who is, a, I believe, a better wrestler, better fighter, better jujitsu fighter um, than than Gunner. So if he can make it that long, that's good for him. Um and then Gunnar Nelson was also just going, you know, the full 15 minutes with Takashi Sato, which I think is, you know, just a terrible look. So, uh, 
I just think that, you know, the math is on the side of going over one and a half here at a little bit higher than 70% or 60%. I think it probably should be closer to 70, you know, Gunner, Gunner might sub him, but I definitely lean it being uh, a little bit over, um, one and a half because uh, RDA took Barbarina down within a minute of round one. So he was on bottom for four minutes in round one. He was on bottom for two minutes of round two. So he got controlled and he was in mount. He was had his back to and he defended arm triangles. He, he was in a bad, bad spots and he still made it over one and a half versus RDA. Um, and also there's a good chance the gunner does that, you know, bullshit karate on the outside. You know, we're going to be, these guys might kill a few minutes on the feet before they even hit hit the ground. So I, I like Bar- Barb's chances to make it over a one and a half. Um, I don't think Barbarina has ever been finished under one and a half in his entire UFC career. Yeah, no, he's been finished in round three a few times, uh, round two in his last fight, but never been finished under one and a half. So um, I like that there. Next fight, co-main event time. Banger of all bangers. Amazing matchup here. Justin Gaethje taking on Rafael Fiziev. The odds for this one, Fizzy at minus 220, Gaethje plus 185. Um, you know, I've historically been a pretty big supporter of Gaethje, bet him in a lot of his fights. Um, and I just, I don't know, I'm having trouble getting excited about backing him here. Um, you know, I really, sometimes it's pretty, or most of the time it's evidently clear to me who, you know, I would say the value side is on on a fight. This one, I'm, I'm actually kind of up in the air. I really don't know. I, I think it's, I would not advise laying two to one over Justin Gaethje. I think that's kind of a, a reckless uh, proposal. Um, but I do see Fiziev winning the fight. I just think, you know, it's going to be a striking fight, right? You know, it's very unlikely these guys grapple. You know, Fiziev's takedown defense looked dynamite against RDA. And, you know, that fight really impressed me from Fiziev. Uh, that was, I think, his probably his best win. His, the fight where he really, really proved that the, he's a tank to take down. He's hard to take down, and he's just a, a juggernaut on the feet, man. So, um, you know, this fight's going to be a striking fight. And I think that Fiziev is just a lot more technical, comfortable, uh, consistent in the striking. You know, Gaethje has put on great performances in striking in his career, but versus Oliveira, man, he he just looked really frantic in there. I know Oliveira brings a, a hellacious pace, but Gaethje, we've seen him be patient at times, fight behind the light kick, fight behind the jab. You know, Ferguson was a, a very measured performance. Even versus uh, uh, Khabib, he was fighting well early on, and he just had no composure versus Oliveira. He was just back to his old, wild World Series of Fighting self, and I just think that that's a really dangerous recipe here against Fiziev because Fiziev is so sharp. You know, he rips kicks to the body. Gaethje's been notoriously soft to the body throughout his career. Um, and, you know, Fiziev, not a really a big hitter to the head. Uh, but I think that, you know, Fiziev can uh, can jab, can stick, can kick his way uh, to a, a safe striking decision here, actually. Um, I know a lot of people would, would assume this fight's going going under, not going the distance. I actually think we could see a, a measured and, and calculated performance from Fiziev that leads to him uh, fighting cautiously and fighting to a decision here. So Fiziev decision plus 250, uh, that looks good to me. Um, what about you? Love this fight. Amazing fight. You know, um, Sengichi, the first time I saw him was against Dan Lozon, where he, I mean, it was just a different, I have never seen a guy fight like that ever in my life. Like, you know, with the leg kicks and all those kinds of things. And, I mean, he's lived up to all the hype. 
you know, that he brought in, that he, from when he was outside the UFC, you know, within the UFC, but he's just never been able to touch that lightweight belt. Um, and now he's fighting a guy where Dian Fiziev, you know, peaking, right? 1993, Martian, need I remind you, he's peaking. Um, and he's ready to take with Justin, Ga- Justin Gaethje's spot. And he looked ready in that last fight. You know, I watched that last fight against RDA. You know, we were on RDA in that fight. And I mean, the danger that he brought, this is the first time I had rewatched that fight, I, I believe. The danger that he had, um, you know, put that he had available to put out and was putting out there. I had a newfound respect. I did like a bunch of slow-mos there, you know, a bunch of like retakes. And he was just really close, honestly, on a lot of strikes that would knock out a lot of guys. Flying knees, some kicks, you know, just throwing up these kicks. And, you know, RDA tries to block it and he like barely touches it and like could easily have knocked him out. You know, a lot of punches and stuff like that here or or there. Um, So his timing is unreal. Uh, The way that he throws kicks to the body is different. Um, And, you know, I think that he's going to be... able to get the timing of Justin here is, is, is the issue. But before that happens, could Justin club him with one of these punches? Absolutely. I, you know, I think specifically the left hook, I feel like um, uh, that's the side that Fiziev is a little weaker to. When I see him dodging some of these punches, I think that he definitely favors, you know, going in one direction over the other. Um, so I think that Justin is live to knock him out, but it has to be early because I feel after a little bit, you know, Justin's going to get our uh, Rafael's going to get his timing uh, and, and be able to find a finish here or find a big strike. But uh, I think th- there is potential, like you're saying, of a more tepid uh, striking pace for a decision based fight where this fight is one one, you know, and, uh, you know, Justin comes out really strong, you know, around three and shows uh, his experience here. So, you know, I'm really interested in watching the fight. I'm I'm just in a row with Justin. You know, I just always kind of like back and support him. So I'm going to just stay with him here. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get in with a money line pr- uh, ticket. I think I might just would just take a KO price, you know, and then see if I could get involved live. Because I think if this is a fight where you know, I like, let's say I'm holding a, a finish ticket, but it's going to decision. Like, I feel like I'll be able to get a live number from, you know what I mean? Like, it'll be a close fight. Where maybe, oh, like after round one, I ended up getting in on him or something like that, where it'll still be plus money. So I'd rather just take the bigger price on the KO. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I just think this fight will come down to defense a lot. And I just think Fizzy have a lot more defensively responsible. Pro- I mean, you more dirt. You, like ju- you, don't, you don't like Justin KO at 350? Um, It's probably the way to play him. I don't see him, I don't see him being... Uh, uh, a decision, a uh, high decision equity. But he could knock him out in any of the round. Like, I guess. It's not like I Justin think, Gaethje doesn't carry power in the third I kind of think that, fu- I kind of think those odds are accurate. Like, I, I agree. I agree with you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not like Justin's only chance of, of finishes in the first round. No, I agree. Yeah. He could finish but, um, him in any round. Yeah, but Fiziev is such an experienced striker. I just think that the later the fight goes, the more you know, more reads and more comfortable he's gonna be. And sure, that's Gaethje. true. But he's also taking shots from Justin Gaethje. Like Justin's gonna land some leg kicks here. He's gonna land some stuff here. Yeah, but Fiziev checks kicks, bro. I mean, he's, he's Fiziev nice. checks kicks, dude. But it's different. Dude, Something I was thinking about with Justin this fight Gaethje. now. This might be some stupid shit, but like, like also like. 
pre- preparing for this fight, you know, I just think that Gaethje's a lot easier to emulate for like for Fiziev's training partners, you know, while Fiziev is just like a unique, unique motherfucker who's hard to prepare for. Um, sure. I think that Justin's Justin style doesn't matter the kind of guy he's fighting. I remember watching that last fight against RDA and just thinking, like, I don't want to be betting against this guy again unless, like, you know, we got a really good matchup. And I, I don't know, man. I, I think Fiziev is a really, really good fighter. Um, th- th- but this fight's fucking amazing. I mean, what what a matchup. Great matchup. I, I haven't gotten too many Fiziev fights right, I will admit. I did have him big against Mark DeCasey. That was one of my favorite yeah. bets I've ever had. But other than that, I have been on, on fucking. Uh, I have been on him. Um, I've, I've been against him. I think the Bobby Green fight. I didn't have any side there. The other, the other three, I, I was, uh, I was against him. So, um, all right. Next fight, main event time. The trilogy: Leon Edwards, the champion, taking on Kamara Usman, the challenger. The, uh, the challenger, Usman, minus two fifty. Edwards, plus two ten. Your turn to start this one off. Thoughts on the trilogy? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that they call it a trilogy because, like, nobody fucking remembers that first fight at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you saw in that last fight, I didn't I, – I, the only bet – I had, like, a very small bet on the over four and a half, which I which uh, barely won, obviously. Um, but I didn't get involved in the Kamaru thing. And I've traditionally always been opposed to, like, back in Israel, Asanya. Uh, and then look what happens, right? Fucking – I should have just kept away from both those. Yo, I did keep away from – uh, stay away from Kamaru, but I'm in now. I'm like, it's, it's a cheaper price here now. Um, and I know that Kamaru is just still a dog, dude. Like in these this training camp, they didn't do it as much uh, behind closed. Like they did a little bit more mixed sparring, if you know what I mean. Like just, and I mean, from all indications, Usman is still an animal, dude. He's still like, he's you know the stuff with the hand, all this kind of stuff. He seems fine to me from what I hear. And, you know, he's, you know, kind of with it. And it's not like this fight was rushed and anything like that. Like, yeah, he got knocked out. It's a bad knockout. But guys come back from knockouts like that all the time. You know, the 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 still image of the guy, you know, laying flat on his back and looking up at Herb Dean, you know, with the glossed eyes over, it makes it worse. But reality is, you know, the guy was up and, you know, it is what it is from there. He's traditionally been pretty durable. Uh, now, um, here, I think you could bet on Kamaru and then maybe like pair it with Leon to to win by knockout maybe again. And I, I think maybe you have like a good opportunity there. You know, my boy Pepe did tell me to bet Leon submission 20 to 1. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I got some 20 to 1 Leon by submission. Maybe, you know, he hits him and Usman like starts rustling him or something like that. And then he submits him. And if he does, I don't care because, you know, 20 to 1 submission will cover... I'm not laying five units like these people. This is the thing, man. Like, there are more fights. Just because you think that the Usman thing is maybe, like, crazy value or, like, value a bit. Like, I don't know. Maybe you don't get overextended. Like, you know, Peter Yan, you know, five units. It's like, guys, like, there's a lot of fights that we can bet on now. Um, Fellas coming up. Like, we don't need to be dropping, laying the hammer all the time. Especially some of these fights that can be volatile against elite caliber fighters. Um, But I digress, right? I Like, I'd rather target guys like like Tofik versus Shabili, you know, and stuff like that. Um bigger bet. But uh but yeah, I got Usman. I just think Usman's gonna be able to put the pace on him the same thing. Leon's making a bunch of excuses. Leon won the fight and he makes like tons of excuses still and he just 
I don't like like I just don't like his style all that much with with that. And like some of the strikes, he throws a good left hand. He landed it a few times, overhand left, you know, a number of times, and obviously the head kick. But other than that, he doesn't punch a combination. He's backing up, you know, very very often. And if Usman wants to not play too much at range, like Leon does not is not going to really be able to stop some of these takedowns. Like you saw some of those scrambles. Like Leon just does not have the motor that Kamaru does and the speed and taking angles and things like that in the grappling uh, dimension. So I like, I love Kamaru in this fight. Should be able to get his title back. Hopefully setting up a fight with Chamayev sometime soon. Yeah. I mean, I generally agree with, with all that. Um, I just, I think Kamaru in this spot seems kind of obvious and that's why I'm, it makes me a little hesitant. I mean, I mean, from the both the fights we've seen, I think it's pretty clear that Usman is, you know, 70% minimum versus Leon. I mean, he won easily, um, easily. He, he won two rounds of the first fight, you know, actually one judge gave him three rounds. Um, but the majority of people thought Edwards won round one. So that means, you know, two he won two rounds to one. Next fight, uh Edwards gets the mount in round one. That wins him the round. But then he loses the next four. So of the official rounds we've seen, uh, Usman has won five out of seven of them. Um, so, you know, what, what, what is that probability by 71%? Okay, there you go. That's kind of what the odds are exactly right now. So, um, but when you just factor in that it, it seems to be a trend in these fights that, that, like you said, Usman builds into them better, has a better motor. He's, you know, he struggled in round one of the first fight or both fights. He struggled in round one, but he, you know, rectified that and put a pace on Edwards in the later rounds. And he was 60 seconds away from, you know, 49, 46 in them. He was a minus 5,000 favorite in the live lines. And. You know, if if you would have told me even right after the knockout, hey, Usman minus 250 in the next fight, I would have said, you know, give me it. I'll take it. Because he looked like a bigger than minus 250 favorite in that last fight. And some people, some fucking morons have trouble grasping that. Oh, he lost the fight. How did he look like a minus 250 favorite? All right. Well, when you wake up and start understanding how fighting and probability works, you can you can hit me up. Um, but he certainly looked you know, like a bigger favorite than, than minus 250 in that last fight. And I'll just trust him to get right back to it. You know, there's a slight possibility the knockout, you know, completely changed him and he'll never be the same. I don't really buy that. I don't think that, you know, typically happens is it was one shot, a beautiful place kick, but it was a hail Mary. That's exactly what it was. It was, uh, you know, just, uh, I mean, it was like, a an, a hail Mary and then recovering the onside kick and then getting another hail Mary, uh, in less than two minutes is essentially what it was if you're comparing it to uh, an NFL game. But, you know, props to Leon for pulling off the miracle. Guys, don't forget, I bet Leon Edwards in that fight. It was a terrible bet. I got extremely lucky. Um, I also bet goes the distance, which... Which, what was the price? What was the price like? Two sixty, two ninety. Yeah, two ninety. Um, I made a bet on goes the distance, which was a great bet uh, that lost. Uh, so, you uh, know, I'll take Usman here. I do just get the feeling that like everyone feels like Usman's you know be easiest bet of the century. He's gonna make it look so easy. I don't think it's gonna be completely what that it, easy, but I think, think he so, will win. Did, yeah, come, I mean, did, did Leon stop any takedowns in that fight? That's a good question. Let's look at what our trusted uh, friend UFC stats say. I would say probably stuff like two. I think two. he did, but I really don't think he did. You know what I mean? Like two out of, like, all right, Usman had five, five. It said he went five for 12, allegedly. Man, I really don't feel that that happened. 
Like yeah. In the first, all right, okay. First round, he went one for four. It says, I guess that makes sense. But that's what I felt after the first round. Like in the fifth round, the takedowns that he he didn't really try to take him down. That's the thing. He was cruising. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't he, really he, try he that was much. Cruising. He he paid the ultimate price. And I just felt pro- in those grappling, bro. I'm from me watching it. Leon didn't look that much better, and he doesn't. You know, this is a problem, Martian. He doesn't counter grapple. If when Kamaru has him, Kamaru has him. You know what I mean? Like the only threat is Leon standing up, but it's not that Leon gets away or that Leon gets on top or Leon threatens a submission. So that's his problem, dude. He doesn't have it to, enough of a threat if his grappling. Like his grappling, he's like looking around and then he's like, okay, boom, he's building up to his knee and then he's, you know, fighting the hands. But he doesn't do shit like to counter grapple. Like the guys are not scared of him. That's why I think that I think Sean it'll kind of be like uh Tom Brady would just submit Leon. I think uh, um you guys hear that real quick, just clarifying everybody heard that. Anyway, um <laughs> you know, uh I had a point. Fuck, you threw me off with that shit. Um Given yeah, the listeners oh, I, I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna I think it's gonna look kind of like uh Pena uh Nunes too. Where they were or everyone's gonna be like, oh, Clearly, the champ, you know, had a mental lapse in there. I hope so. They came in focused the next fight, and they I'm won. I'm telling it. you, Kamaru's gonna win this fight, man. I agree. Kamaru. I agree. I cap him probably. I cap him minus four hundred, honestly. So, um, Kamaru will win. So all right, I got a bet. I got a bet on him. That's my second official bet that I a few bets though. I like uh, um I like Usman over one and a half in the Gunner fight, over one and a half in the Shore fight. Omar Morales. Uh, Santos Dusko, and make sure all your picks are probably Miller ITD. Oh, they will be. They will be. Sure, they're documented. Oh, you plus five point two six units last week. Let's wrap it up though. There. Yep, that'll be it. I hope everyone enjoys the fights. Hope everybody um win some bets this weekend, and uh, you know uh, enjoy all the fights. We'll see you all before the next UFC event. Peace out, everybody.